the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Presents Rob Black in Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in, we'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. What's on your financial mind today? Pick up the phone. Give me a call. Don't be shy. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Money, investing, and much, much more. Um, I think it's always worthy of note to you know stop and see what the stories are during earnings season. If there's any little trends that are developing what we would consider weakness, what we might consider strength, like a little bit of visibility. There's four things that move a stock. And we talk a lot about stocks on this show, even though I don't want everyone to jump on the stock bandwagon, because picking stocks is a lot tougher than you think. But helping us in that process is figuring out part of the stories. And there's four things that move a stock. It's the stock market, which goes up seven out of ten years. If the stock market's having a good day, there's a chance that you could be having a good day if you're a stock. If the sector's doing well, then your stock could do well. Tech sector, retail sector, uh, transports. If the if the individual company's doing well, you could ultimately end up doing very, very well. If there's some visibility, like, for instance, I think the easiest way to explain visibility is we're always going to need to eat. Therefore, companies that sell food have some visibility. We're always going to have to be replacing cars and homes. So the home builders and the automakers have some visibility. Today, the top story, probably U.S. economic growth slows to a crawl in the first quarter. Economy slowed in the first quarter to one of the weakest paces of the five-year recovery as the frigid winter appeared to have curtailed business investment and weakness overseas hurt exports. Now, that's not good. This is a Bureau of Economic Analysis thing. The growth slowed to just one-tenth of a percent in the first quarter from 2.6% in the fourth quarter. GDP numbers anywhere between 2 and 4%. And you, with those, you could do well. GDP numbers under 
and it can get ugly fast. Now, the good news is we are blaming a really harsh winter on this. Personal consumption grew by 3%, which was better than 2% expected. That contributed to 2 percentage points of growth in GDP. Um, non-residential fixed investments, a measure of business spending, fell 2.8%. That was the killer. Uh, investment in CapEx was very, very weak. Capital expenditures. So with that said, this is a bad number. We don't want these numbers, but we do have a scapegoat to point and say, you know, let's hope this doesn't continue to happen. Other big stories of newt today. Uh, B&P Barabbas faces fines of about $2 billion, as well as criminal charges for violating U.S. economic sanctions against several countries, including Iran. So that's going to be a tough one. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Warriors game, Lakers, uh, Clippers game wasn't that exciting last night, was it? Twitter's getting smoked. Now, I bring up Twitter getting smoked because it's one of those companies that came public in an IPO. Stock's down 13%. The more time investors spend thinking about the earnings, the less they like what they saw. Um, analysts have cut target prices on Twitter this morning. The big problem for Twitter is that usage growth has decelerated dramatically. Twitter global monthly active user growth. It has 255 million monthly active users, which was up by 14 million sequentially. That growth is not good enough for a social network that wants to be a global mainstream phenomenon. To put Twitter's user growth in context, Facebook has over 1 billion users already. It added 48 million users during the same period. Apple sells a $600 device, added more new users over the past six months than Twitter. The CEO, Dick Costello, said on the earnings call that daily active users are in the high 40% of monthly active users, which is flat from where it was pre-IPO. So another big problem for Twitter's timeline views per monthly active unique user are down on a year-over-year percentage. On the call, uh, earnings call, Costello attributed this to the changes in Twitter's design. Instead of having to sort through the timeline to figure out a conversation, Twitter streamlined the process, putting it all in one thread. So not good news to be Twitter today, eh? Taking a look at the stock market, you know, not a lot going on either way. I think that's fair to say. Big story, and I'm surprised this is such a big story. But the Chipotle price hike is hitting steak lovers harder than it's hitting anyone else. You're paying more for food at the grocery stores. They're paying more for food. I've cut down dramatically on red meat, probably for health reasons, but also for costs. Chipotle's coming price hikes hit steak lovers really right in the belly. Mexican food chain said earlier this month that it plans to start changing um, the cost structure. They're going to charge more for burritos, bowls, and tacos in coming weeks as it faces rising costs for ingredients. The CEO noted that the chain doesn't currently charge a whole lot more for its steak filling, even though beef costs have climbed considerably. Um, so it's looking like a price hike of about 4 to 6%. Now, I bring this up because it's a great lesson on inflation. 
Inflation's the boogeyman. Inflation's the bad man. And what do I mean by that? Well, wage inflation's great. Homeowner prices inflation great for you, but someone on the other side of that, not so much. When my wages feel higher, my boss's costs feel higher. When my home price goes higher, the person who's going to buy that home from me costs go higher. So a little bit more for a burrito is 46% more. Did your salary go up 46% last year or this year? Hopefully it's keeping up with inflation, you know? Price of burrito is the price of burrito. Um, Burger King, elsewhere in the world of retail or restaurant, uh, is bringing back its popular subservient chicken advertising campaign for more than a decade ago to promote a chick version of the Big King Sandwich. I don't know why I bring that one up other than, again, to show you the, the marketing that does go on in the world and how pervasive it is. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220. Facebook's developer conference called F8 starting today. Expected to announce some sort of new commerce platform, a new mobile ad network, and a user testing platform for developers. Uh, so that's out there. eBay reported earnings, and they were largely a snooze, but there was one oddity in them. The company brought back a lot of overseas cash, which companies haven't been doing. So uh, try to avoid taxes. You can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. You can find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Take a break here. Be right back. That's a Bloomberg Market Minute. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Movies like the Lego movie helped Time Warner with its first quarter profits soaring as revenue across the company segments jumped, including double-digit growth from its Warner Brothers movie division. Pretty interesting, huh? One of the um, stocks that we all like to talk about is Apple. I own some shares of Apple. And there's some mind-blowing facts about Apple out there. Um, Apple stock was on an insane run for a few years there. It defined the smartphone market with the iPhone. It reinvented personal computing with the iPad. Growth was off the charts as consumers bought these products. Then things changed. Samsung kind of figured it out and caught up to them in smartphones. It leapt past them by releasing a bunch of phones with bigger screens. Tablet market was super hot, but that since is stalled. Apple's growth has slipped to single digits, and people start asking what's wrong with Apple. But if you take a look at what's wrong with Apple, a lot of it is its size. 
it's really tough to grow a business when you're that big. Apple generated $43.7 billion in sales during the first three months of 2014. That's more than Google, Amazon, and Facebook combined. That's crazy. So they made more money in revenue than Google, Amazon, and Facebook combined. Apple's iPhone business generated $26 billion in revenue. Microsoft's entire business generated $20 billion over the same period of time. So the iPhone is growing faster than Microsoft. The iPad generated $7.6 billion. It was considered a down quarter. Facebook did $2.5 billion in sales last quarter. In the past 12 months, Facebook has generated $8.9 billion in revenue. Again, iPad, $7.6 billion in one quarter. Apple iTunes division did $4.57 billion in sales. Netflix did $4.3 billion in sales over that same period of time. Uh, no, not over that same period of time, over a whole year. And we all see how much we love Netflix and what a sexy stock that is. It's because they're smaller. Apple's net profit was $10.2 billion for the first quarter. That's more than what Amazon has earned in its 20-year existence. Apple's net profit was the 14th highest in history. It was also higher than ExxonMobil's fourth quarter profits. Pretty impressive. Apple has $150 billion in cash. It could buy Facebook at Facebook's current valuation with its cash. Or it can go on a shopping spree and buy Netflix, Tesla, Twitter, Dropbox, Pandora, and Spotify. When it's done buying those companies, it would still have $59 billion in cash to spend on anything else that it wants. But Apple's not going on a shopping spree. Instead, they said, our company is the company we want to be like, and they're buying back 130 billion shares. For context, you know, that's Amazon's market cap. So they could buy Amazon without even thinking twice about it. Apple did $9.3 billion in Chinese revenue, which is much more than it was doing in the U.S. three years ago. So what they've done now in China, they weren't doing that in the U.S. Apple does have room to grow enormously. But, again, it's a large company, and these numbers are going to get tougher and tougher to continue to keep up. Apple has 800 million iTunes accounts. It's 800 million credit cards on file, which is more than any other company in the world. The one that we look at close to it would be Amazon. Amazon has about 220 million versus over 800 million iTunes. Now, Samsung sold twice as many phones as Apple, but generated about the same amount of revenue and much less profit. Samsung did 6.3 billion versus Apple's 13 billion. Again, this is cute to look at. It's a little out of context when you start throwing out numbers like this, but it's cute to look at. Apple said it added 60 million new users in the last six months. Twitter, which is free, only added 23 million new users in the last six months. So that's a lot to digest, but again, it shows you how mind-blowingly big the company is. Now, one of the more interesting other stories out there today is we saw the biggest explosion in healthcare spending in over 30 years, and it had a big impact on GDP. So GDP numbers came out this morning, and they were weak. Spending grew an astounding 9.9%. It's the biggest percentage change in healthcare spending since 1980, when healthcare spending jumped 10% in the third quarter. Some of it's due to the consumption boost from the implementation of the Affordable Care Act. 
if healthcare spending had been unchanged, the headline GDP number would have been under 1%. So that's the scary part. Now, what's interesting to throw out out there about this, or what I hear in these numbers, is biggest jump in spending since 1980. That tells me you want to own some healthcare stocks, whether it's the pharmaceuticals or the biotechs, the medical device companies, or the healthcare companies, the HMOs and PPOs. You want to own some of those stocks. Again, is that investment advice? Don't take it as investment advice, please. But know that that's how you should start seeing numbers. I think that should help you in the future. I'm not entirely positive that it will. But um, it is what it is. Another little ditty for you this morning is China's going to overtake America pretty quickly here as the world's largest economy by the end of 2014. So new data from the ICP, a UN statistical database, it compares purchasing power across borders and currency, indicates China's size may have been underestimated. China's purchasing power... It's now up to 20% higher than economists have thought. China will now take the crown as the world's largest economy by the end of this year. Some estimates put China's GDP numbers at $7.5 trillion compared to Americans at $15 trillion. And their growth has been, for years, streaking ahead of the U.S. and the rest of the world. The IMF currently shows real GDP in the U.S. Uh, growing at 2.8% versus China's 7.5%. So we had previously thought couple years ago, it would be 2025, then it was cut down to 2019, then it was cut down to 2016. And America controls a lot of the world by our economic strength. So this is interesting to see happen. Again, nothing to get startled about, nothing to jump up and down about. I'm not shocked in any way, shape, or form. It's, it's okay, but um, times have changed. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about money investing more. You can find me online at robblack.com. You can find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. You can find me on Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black. We'll take a break here. Be right back. Strategies and Solutions, the bottom line for boomers, with Johnny Dean of the Boomers Brain Trust. It's not a good idea to lend money to grown children because it'll keep them dependent, it'll inflame family tensions, and possibly rob you of a comfortable retirement. What's more, you're unlikely to see the money again. So the emotional and financial costs of lending to... 
Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. There's a big uh, momentum, what a pop culture book going around right now. Capital in the 21st Century. It's a deep dive into inequality written by economist Thomas Piketty using a seamlessly endless parade of data from countries all over the world. It's a massive book, so a lot of the talk is just talk. Um, I think it's all very good and well. Of course, there's storm clouds out there. Uh, you know, Piketty in his book says the inequality is caused by the fact that capital investments grow much faster than GDP, which means those who invest get wealthy much faster than everyone else who doesn't invest. And that wealth is compounded. Piketty says in the 20th century, the domination of the capital's growth was interrupted by periods when GDP growth surged, like the post-war years when the world was rebuilding, and that wealth was spread around. But now, again, those who invest capital get rich faster because GDP isn't carrying, it's, you know, GDP in the United States, growing only at 1% to 2%, won't create enough jobs and opportunities for people as if it were growing at 2 to 4%. When capital investments grow sometimes 12 to 20 percent, um, you know the disparity in wealth and who's going to lead our world—the uh, wealthy or the, the non-wealthy—you know—it's going to lead to some societal problems. They're difficult to come up with answers for. One of the things that I think you're going to see more and more of is more corporate level accountability um, and that should help so I think boards are getting on with it now again some people are going to snicker at that so anyhow talking about capital and talking about investments isn't always the, the easiest thing on the radio um, the worker is capital and it's an interesting argument to have, but again, I don't think we're going to get very far with answers. I think, again, some of the answers lie on like corporate boards for sure. 800-516-1220. Take a look at the markets today. Not much going on. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. You can find him and his financial planning firm at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. They say that corporations are living beings, and that's why I don't really trust earnings season, because as a living being, as a human, I, I kind of know that I manage my taxes. I kind of like massage it, that, yeah, let's run it through the program one more time and see if I can get more money. With that said, let's not get caught by the IRS. <laughs> what are some of the flags that the IRS might see? What, so what are some of the flags that cause your return to be highlighted for a potential audit? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, this, the simple one nowadays is making too much money. So your chance of being audited for most of America is pretty low. It's 1.11%. But as soon as you hit 200000 or more in income, that quadruples. It's about 4%. So if you make that much, there's a 25% chance that you're going to get audited. So if you're making over $200,000, probably going to get audited now in the next four years. Okay. And if you're $1 million or more, you know... It, it's a real high likelihood in the next two years you're probably going to get audited, especially based on new tax laws that were passed, making sure people are compliant. So that's that's one. Another big one is, um, especially for people that contract, they do a lot of contract work, yeah. or they work for somebody with a W-2, and then 
um, they do some contract work and they may lose the 1099, but the IRS gets a copy of it. Don't think that you're the only one that gets a copy of that 1099. So failing to report all of your taxable income, your 1099s from your brokerage firm, from your bank accounts, um, W-2s, all of that stuff. So as soon as you do something where you forget to report a little amount, maybe it's $1,000, wow. that's a red flag for an audit. Because they say, we received 11 out of 12. We received 12 documents, you submitted 11. Ding, 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 ding. It's pretty easy math to catch someone. Yeah, because yeah. then they assume that you've consistently been lying, and they're going to go back and look at even more returns, yeah. put you under the... Microscope. You remember I dated an IRS agent in college, right? Yeah, how did that end up for you? Not so good. Yeah. Got a couple audits. <laughs> so. so charitable deductions is another big one because laws have kind of changed over the last couple of years, and people used to kind of inflate their drop-offs at Goodwill or whatever that may be. There's a Form 8283 for donations that you make over $500. So as soon as you file that, your chances of an audit increase. So that's unfortunate. You know, if you do give more and you're legitimately giving more, yeah. you're filing that form, it actually is a bit of a red flag. So people that do that, if you make higher income, if you do a lot of charitable giving, if you have stock options and, and contract work, remember, if you get audited, yeah. it's the CPA that represents you in front of the IRS agent. And they know how to do that meeting. Let you me, don't. Let me show you how most audits start. You submitted 2009 taxes that said you owed this. We see that you actually owe two times that. It starts with a letter. Right. It doesn't start with them coming to your door, knocking on it, Mr. Black, we're here to seize your property. It starts with, we disagree. There's a deficiency, so you're guilty until proven innocent, so prove that you're innocent. Right. And if you can't prove you're innocent, we eventually will levy your accounts. <laughs> so um, it's, you know, it's something that you want to get on top of right away because any deficiencies, if they're true deficiencies, have really, really high interest rates and penalties that really add up. It's really tough to go bankrupt against the IRS. Absolutely. It stays on your record a long time, too. And they'll take a little $50 payment here or there, but they want their payments. Yeah. You know, another big one is people that claim the home office deduction. <laughs> this gets really, really messy. I did that when people I was like talk about, yeah, it's, it's such a... It's not worth the hassle. No. I'm telling you right now, it's not worth the hassle um, in terms of, you know, people try to write off all of their, you know, a huge amount of their rent or taxes or utilities and phone bills for their home office deduction. Cable modem. I used to write off that cable modem every year, and then I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to do it this year. <laughs> so, and it's supposed to be exclusive use. So, you know, that that's the issue right there. So, you're, you're doing a lot of home office deductions. Get ready for that audit in the next four years. Anything else that we need to know? We've got about a minute left. Gosh, you, you know, people claiming a lot of rental losses or claiming they're active in real estate, so they don't. There's, there's, you know, twenty-five thousand dollar allowance, but people try to get more than that if they say they're active. Um, deducting business meals, if you have a huge amount there, that's going to get audited more than likely. Claiming a hundred percent use of a vehicle as business, nobody uses, you know, unless you're getting the corporate car. Yeah. And you have your own separate cars for personal use. That doesn't typically happen. And a big one, Rob, is people that try to start a business and it loses money for more than three years. And really what it is is a hobby. Maybe it's you know, selling candles or whatever it may be. Herbalife. <laughs> as soon as you use that as a business and then you've lost money for more than three years in a row, the IRS is going to start looking at it as a, ho- as a hobby. And you're going to put yourself under the We know a guy spotlight. whose wife sells Brazilian jewelry or something like rainforest jewelry. Mm-hmm. And it ain't ever going to make money. It's just, it's a hobby to keep his wife from nagging him. <laughs> Don't comment on that one, but uh, a cash business that does it, failing to report foreign bank accounts is a real big issue these days for people. So if you're doing anything in you know Mexico, that's got to be reported. Um, and currency transactions, 
and you know, if you if if you look at your return and you take higher than average deductions than most people in your area, that's a red flag. So those people that do that, they really need to have a good CPA on their side to do the tax returns. You know, I wouldn't use TurboTax; I'd use a professional. Yeah, if you, uh, professionals can cost you twenty five hundred to four thousand dollars, though. Well, that's a high end return, but yeah, yeah, it's for the average self employed, it probably won't be that much, but. It's it's worth having a good enrolled agent or CPA. CFP Chad Burton, you can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. He is friends with the IRS. <laughs> friends with the IRS. CFP Chad Burton. U.S. mortgage applications sink to the lowest level since December 2000. It's not totally shocking. Wait, since 2000? That's totally shocking. Applications for U.S. home mortgages fell last week to their lowest level since December 2000 as both refinancing and purchase applications declined. The Mortgage Bankers Association said its seasonally adjusted index, which includes uh, both refinancing and home purchase demand, fell 5.9%. Purchase volume, purchase application volume remains weak despite other data which indicated the overall pace of economic growth is picking up. Um, a lot of, well, Tight inventory is a problem. Combination of higher rates, new regulations, leading all to a weaker spring market than we've seen in years. Fixed 30-year mortgages now average about 4.49%, um, unchanged from the week before. Worthy of note. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we talk about. Healthcare spending is surging again. I look at that as, well, okay, can't beat them, join them. So invest some more money in health care. When you see things like a war ramp up or tensions in the Middle East, you know we're going to spend more on our defense budget, right? So government spending gives us an idea of where we should be throwing money, data and statistics like this in particular. What's going on with the world? All these hurricanes, tornadoes, now there's massive flooding in Pensacola, Florida. Two feet of water. Um, Mobile, Alabama, flooded. So it's a weather system that's brought dozens of tornadoes in the Midwest and the South. Mother Nature's not happy. The trees are revolting. The trees are revolting. Okay, um, I'm Rob Black. Don't be shy. Pick up the phone. Give me a call. You can find me online. You can find me on Twitter or YouTube. Twitter, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Twitter, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Facebook fan page, Cron4 Rob Black. We'll take a break here. Be right back. Black and your money on AM twelve twenty KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I'm gonna to try to teach you more in this segment that you would learn.
from a week or two weeks of watching CNBC. If you're going to watch any financial television, watch Bloomberg or listen to Bloomberg. CNBC's not... To me, it's, it's, it's food. It's like eating cardboard. It's food. It doesn't do much for your body. So, great quote. How many millionaires do you know who have become wealthy by investing in savings accounts? Cash and bank deposits are at such record lows that you can't build wealth over any long period of time. One thing that I always like to say is the aim is to make money on Wall Street. It's not to be right. There's a big difference between the two, and I find that most investors who make mistakes are because they're trying to be right. Um, there's like aging populations will destroy share returns. If you ever look up a guy named Harry Dent, he, he's, in my opinion, a fool. He makes outlandish statements. Once you're like Dow 36,000, then you're like Dow 6,000. Um, he just changes too much. And you'll hear phrases like, the IT revolution means this time it's different. You know, you could be right at some point, but I want you to play in the markets. I want you to be in the markets. I don't want you trying to beat the markets or, you know, smash the markets. I just want you to play the markets. Get in. One thing that I see is, this was a quote by Warren Buffett. I buy on the assumption that they could close the market the next day and not reopen it for five years. Much success for me can be attributed to inactivity. Most investors can't resist the temptation to constantly buy and sell. When I was in my 20s, I wanted to be a, you know, I wanted to trade my way to millions. Not anymore. As you get more mature and as you see how the process works, it's about playing the game correctly. Just getting in, getting good exposure. When you see healthcare spending explode, you want some of that. Because where there's revenues, there's probably going to be earnings. American companies aren't foolish. We don't you know, open doors to business just to lose money. Well, maybe some dot-coms did. Investing should be like watching paint dry. It should be like watching grass grow. It should not be like going to Vegas. If you have that feeling, you're doing something wrong or you're approaching it wrong. Warren Buffett once said, never invest in a business you can't understand. Uh, he said, this was pretty funny, beware of geeks bearing formulas. A lot of people have lost a fortune of money trying to do things that were not understandable and excessively too complex. Warren Buffett once said, remember that the stock market is a manic depressive. I love that because we've all dated manic depressives, right? Mr. Market was a metaphor. It was used to explain, you know, the markets. Sometimes Mr. Market sets sensible share prices based on economic and business developments. At other times, he's emotionally unstable, swinging from euphoria to pessimism. But not only is Mr. Market highly unstable, he's also highly seductive, sucking investors in during the good times with dreams of riches and spitting them out during the bad times. So you have to understand you have to play, and don't get seduced. Don't go, ooh, now that Tesla has gone from 30 to 200, I'm jumping in. You can do that, but know that you, you're... You've been seduced into it. You didn't like it at 30, but for some reason you like it at 200. Markets can remain irrational longer than you can remain solvent. So don't make big bets that you can't play with. A key to respect the market is to recognize that it can be fickle. Rather than try and take big bets that can send you, you know, bust at the wrong time, 
I don't ever use margin. Margin is kind of like a credit on the stocks that you already own. You get to borrow more cash. So unless you can watch your stock holding decline by 50% without becoming panic-stricken, you should, you should not be in the market. Every stock that I own right now, if it were to drop 50%, I'd be okay with. I've got time. I understood the value of the business when I was investing in them. I can be patient. If there is, let's say Putin just loses his mind and sends a nuclear device into Ukraine, the market's not going to like it for a long period of time. We've seen crazy stuff like that. Bull markets are born on pessimism. They grow on skepticism. They mature on optimism. They die on euphoria. It's how an investment cycle unfolds. Last year was pretty euphoric, right? A lot of people would say, be careful. The low interest rates are really making it. If we didn't have low interest rates, if interest rates were moving higher right now, the market would be in much worse condition. And we expect interest rates to move in the next year, two years. They're still very, very low. They went from record low to very, very low historically. Um, so I think the four words that will get you in trouble or this time it's different. History tells us that there are good times and bad times. And assume that either one will persist indefinitely is a huge mistake. It's usually getting time for the cycle to go in the other direction when people are starting to talk about the new era of tech stocks, or the new normals. I like the phrase, history doesn't repeat, but it rhymes. We think Mark Twain said it. So no two cycles of the economy are ever the same, but they do have common elements which make them rhyme. In upswing investment markets are pushed to the point where the relevant asset has become overvalued, overloved, and overbought, and vice versa in downturns. So anyway, um, be careful out there. Have some rules that you live by. Be patient. You should be able to write down 20 things about your investing style. I'm an investor. I'm not a speculator. Something like that. Know who you are, and that helps you win. I'm Rob Black. You can find me online, robblack.com. You can find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. YouTube, Rob Black Show. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.